Yo, John Fitch here. John Fitch knows nothing, and uh, I'm doing a little pre-recorded show today because I'm doing a little traveling, so I'm not at home in the studio, so I wanted to make sure I had something ready to go for you guys to watch. So it's not live, but I hope you guys enjoy. I am bringing on a guest today, um, Red Pill Thor, and, and Glenn Lawrence is supposed to join us too. He's running a little late. I don't know. Hopefully he jumps in. But we're going we're gonna to discuss kind of what we think about why we're where we're at right now how we got here okay i'm gonna bring thor on and we're gonna get, discuss this a little bit what's up thor hey john all good kind of a mini rule zero here you know yeah hey, how bit. fantastic is this you know we might get to delve into something a little bit deep here how did we yeah, get here why is the number one topic today yes cocking yeah, exactly like how did any of this kind of come about you know we did the show uh, on rule zero the other day and it was, you know, which way, Western man, it was incel, cuck, or chat. Yeah. And, and I said during the show, kind of like, how did we even get here? How is this a topic we're even talking about? How are any, any men worth their salt have anything going on positive in their life? Even noticing the, this kind of loser behavior, because that's exactly what it is to me. It's pathetic loser behavior. How did a blue-haired cuck video game player become like a voice of reason that anybody would listen to for anything. <laughs> how, how did we get here? How is that even possible? The gift of gab. It's an amazing thing. And when you fit a certain, when you fit a certain mold and press against mm, certain stereotypes, shall we say of peoples that the powers that be would like you to press against you get all the benefits of their logarithm, my friend. Mm. And in particular, if you live a lifestyle like that, you'll be rewarded. I mean, some have called it in many, many years, they called it, you know, the elite class. How do you get to become elite class? Well, you, you know, you shut up, you sit down, you be a good boy. And if you, if, if you vanquish our enemies, you will be rewarded, son. Mm. Um, and it's, it's amazing that, you know, you can, you can start out on a, on a gaming platform where you're playing a game. Great. And that's your whole life. You're not out there in the woods. You're not exercising. You're not doing manly shit. You're not killing anything. You're not catching anything. You're not facing any real physical adversity whatsoever. You're not alive in some ways. You ever hear the term be alive? There's nothing more alive. And you know this more when you've got a 200 pound man trying to kill you. And he's on top of you. And you're you're trying to to, to kill him. And there's this struggle and there's this, I mean, there's a respect. Yeah, he can kill me and I can kill him. And there's this whole thing going on. At the end of the day, I've never felt more alive. I mean, I, I've honestly, I've had three challenge matches and, you know, I lost one. And there you go, you know, <laughs> badly. Yeah, I have, I have, a, I have one of my students, one of my main students, he's 56, you know, and he's just, he, he just loves this. He cannot wait to, to learn something new and, and, and find like a new thing to like win a fight. And it's just, it's really cool to see, but like we talk about it all the time. He's always trying to get his older friends to like, Hey man, you gotta come try this. You gotta check this yeah. out. And because he's a, he's a gun guy. He's ex military. Uh, he, uh, he owns a duck club. So he hangs out with guys who are, who are yeah. ex military and people who shoot guns. And he's like, Hey man, you gotta come and, and train this stuff with me. And so he's and nobody people. wants to do it. Everybody yeah. just wants to, everybody wants to drink and, and uh, be lazy and, and just go to brunch and, and well, he's cocktails. really, really unique guys. You know, I, I keep myself up physically, but I don't practice jujitsu anymore, but mostly because of injuries, because it affects other parties. I mean, you do kind of wear out eventually. Um, so I'm very protective over here's why I'm over 60. If mm -hmm. I, if I was to blow out a hamstring or rupture a quad, or even if I was, if, if that dummy Glenn talked me into pressing the 280 pounds that I can press and I blew out my shoulder for him, he's got an eight to 12 week delay. You know what? For me, I'll never press a woman over my head again in my life at this age. You see what I mean? So there's yeah. a big difference there. And I, so I could kind of understand. However, I, I can see there is risk because, um, not everybody's a good training partner. Right, right. No, not everybody's your train partner. And when you're when you're 60 years old, you got to be really selective of who you roll with. No, oh, yeah. Because it's it's jujitsu is perfectly safe, and I think it's the safest combat sport yep. for you to do long term. You can do it into your 60s and 70s, guaranteed. But you got to be selective 
with yeah. who your opponents are. Dude, I live yeah. the meme. I live the meme just like you. Oh, yeah. let's go. If let's you're go. going with the with the let's 22 year old killer who wants to be the fighter and he's just all raging and going for leg locks, like you're gonna get hurt. Yeah, <laughs> you, you let's go light today, boss. And then you're getting your nose pulled up around mm. the back of your head. <laughs> <laughs> no, but back to what you were saying. How did this happen? How does this guy with the gift of gab? Well, he's hitting the right buttons on the right people. In more ways than one, even behind the scenes, you know, the, the way big tech is set up, it rewards certain behaviors and, yeah. and a conspiracy. Or well, I, un I understand that big tech is pushing certain narratives and pushing certain things, but like at the same time, it's how do these guys, how does it still, are they only popular online? Is that the type of thing? Yeah. Is it really a fake? Is it a fake audience? Are they really not that popular at all? They're buying impressions, they're buying views. You know, well, they're likes. They have bots in the chats pushing. Like having kind of sat on the sidelines for the last, you know, since I can, you know, think clearly for myself, say 45, 50 years ago, it looks to me like there was some kind of convergence in the 60s of Marxism and Malthusian theory. And it invaded our academic spaces through feminism, through politics, through the left. Big upheavals. And there really was. I mean, you can look back and say, oh, there's all these 60 moves. There was moves in our economy, our money, a lot of different kind of moves going on. And it seems to me the fundamental thing that that's happened is those philosophies and ideals penetrated our academia and thereby graduated a bunch of attorneys, insurance people, businessmen, and they moved into corporate America, starting with uh, our legal system first. Where does what where does a person go from the legal system and the business system and the banking system? What is their next step up in life? Many are ambitious. They step into politics. Where is the biggest political arena in the United States? We live in it. It's California. <laughs> Look at the number of legislatures and congressmen that we produce. And so you've seen the front lines of this and it, it, it spreads. I mean, the university system is well tied in with Europe. So you see these ideas. Well, it's spreading. A, I thought it, about it. It isn't the majority. It isn't the, the Cali majority. Calification, Californification of the rest of the world. Yes. I did a, it's it's like a growth cancer that's spreading mm -hmm. out and pushing outwards. And California is so uniquely positioned. I think we're down to 11th uh, in the world economy, but because of the freight, and the imports, exports that go through California, the, the amount of power that's wielded is huge because there's weight fees and things like that. So if states are, you know, they, they can raise it, they can penalize things and control things in ways that people don't quite understand. And uh, the sheep will never understand. So California gets away with a lot and they affect a huge part of this country. It is not the majority. But one place they do control, remember, Hollywood is corporate America. Corporate America, some 10, 15 years ago, started on this ESG and this uh, DEI yep. journey. Yep. If you just imagine. And there's, and there's, go there's government. We can explain what those are, those, those acronyms, those three-letter sure. acronyms, some people who don't know those. I've talked about them on my show before. but mm -hmm. ESG is up. Environmental Social Governance, which is basically uh, restricting your ability to get goods and services because of the air that you breathe is not taxed. I mean, that's the simplest way to say it. And they're going to give you a social score as a good citizen of the planet. Mm -hmm. Problem with that is since these uh, corporate Marxists and the government Marxists have adopted Malthusian theory, which is really blows me away because Marxism and Malthusian theory were opposed originally because Marxism needed the masses of people to have an oppressed and an oppressor. They needed those people to accomplish their goals, but it has merged sometime in the sixties when they came out with Paul Ehrlich's, the population bomb and the technocracy, rise of the technocracy. Um, they wrote about what they were going to do today. I mean, it, well, it, seem, it seems kind of like they, they swapped out, you know, before it was the rich for support. That was the power structure. It was the rich that were oppressing the poor. But, but people didn't buy that in America because people believed in hard work and in pulling yep. yourself up by your bootstraps and making it. Like we respected rich people because they worked hard to make the money. So they flip-flopped it. And it became a, a social or racial or man versus woman power dynamic. Oh, it's the patriarchy that's oppressing everybody. Yeah. And, and they then it's the white man who's oppressing everybody. They did. And they started slow. Those are all easy tropes that people feel bad about. 
So you start with the trope, you pass laws, and you slowly move this. You boil the frog real slow. But the main goal of this is to get men and women against each other. They, they, they tested it in the black community. You can go look. Those poor people, they used to have an 88% success rate with marriage. Yep. Across the board until when? Oh, 1965? Okay, so... Put that aside. Breaking down the family in 1965. They loaded them full of crack in the 80s. <laughs> the purpose of Planned Parenthood was to reduce their numbers, the population numbers. That's a fact. No, that so, was Margaret Sanger was a very outspoken eugenicist. On top of eugenicists, eugenicists lauded Robert Malthus. His theory stated that their people will reach a peak of population and they will consume everything on the planet and will all live such horrible deaths and famines but here's the problem BS. it is complete bullshit there's been 17 predictions based on his theory that all have collapsed hmm. number one because what he got wrong is the load that the planet can carry and not only the load that the planet can carry but he can never predict what technology and, and, and intuition can never be plugged into that theory but it has become a conviction because he was actually kind of he was he was a preacher and so there's a conviction and a religious component of this theory. And it, it has never come to pass, but they have Hollywood types running around now. Even Tom Hanks came out. Humans are a plague upon the planet. We must reduce our numbers. We created these stones in Atlanta that said we got to get the population down below 500 no, million. And the, mess, the messaging's everywhere. We, me and my boys just watched, uh, we rewatched Venom, the original Venom, like mm -hmm. today. That was one of the things the guy was talking about, the, the main villain. Was mm -hmm. talking about humans are destroying the world and we're wasting the resources and blah blah blah. And it, and you couldn't be further from the truth. We're not overpopulated. No, we are very wasteful. I think that's the problem. We are no. very wasteful. We're still learning, yeah. though, John. We're, we're still, still very learning. wasteful. Very the amount the amount of food yeah. that we waste, and I think we're wasteful because the the way that the profits are set up in the country. You know, like could be, yeah, yeah, and, monopolizing and, certain industries, you know, they end up creating cartels in that industry because of the monopolizations. And but you know why that you is you end up overpaying for food and then they pay farmers to destroy crops. It's like, the very people that, that push Malthusian theory and Marxism in its various forms today, all across the board, are the very people responsible for that overpayment and that waste on purpose. On purpose. Why? Very simple, because independent freedom-minded individuals that take personal responsibility for themselves they don't waste shit mm -mm. they're very efficient and no. they know this and in order to i, I, I taught myself have to have waste I, I i i learned how to sew at a young age because i had equipment i have wrestling equipment i had football equipment i had yeah. stuff that needed to be repaired i wasn't just going to throw it out and buy a brand new one like you take care of your equipment it's not a big deal oh a stitch pops and there's a little tiny hole sew it up Yep. We got to buy a brand new pair of shorts or a brand new pair of pants to replace it. Right. And I think, man, that's like the government's biggest fear is people who are independent of them, people who don't need them. If you're a homesteader and you can grow your own chickens, have your own food, have your own vegetables, you don't, you don't need their, their fossil fuels. You don't need anything from them. You have your own clean water. What do you need the government for? Oh, well, they're very protective of it. Actually, the UN got the entire United States at a city level to adopt something called Agenda 21. And it forbade the collection of rainwater. And they enforced yep. it in yeah. Oregon on a man yep. with 10 acres who's collecting his own rainwater. And they he was stealing, he was stealing municipal, he was stealing municipal water from the rain hmm. on his yep. property. Yep. Now, if that doesn't paint the picture of why we're here. Ultimately, there's three categories of guys right now, right? We set it in rule zero. We said there's chads, we said there's incels, and there's cucks. Mm -hmm. Well, chad's really hard to do because, number one, you have to be an independent thinker that takes accountability and responsibility for yourself and take action. That's a dominant masculine presence. Those guys are fine, but that's hard. Incels ain't getting none. So their only outlet's going to be porn. It's going to be video games. Whatever the popular media says, my goodness, let's buy some bathwater from Pokimane. You know, whatever it is, let's do that. Hopefully, they get trained online because they watch these gamer girls, and the gamer girls pay attention to them for money. Well, they can go out, and they can do cube farming, and they make some money, 
and they kind of get excited about a girl paying attention to them and they get trained to be a cuck because their sex drive is still intact and they hope they can have sex with them someday. But then when it really comes about these women that do these things, they are basically cock surfing to find the Chad. And Mm -hmm. so these guys will put up with that. I think it starts earlier though, because something has to happen to that guy to get to the point where he's even wanting to watch the OnlyFans chick in the first place. I think there's something that happens in the child's youth that pedestalizes, starts pedestalizing women, mm-hmm. right? You start automatically thinking, oh, um, I'm lucky to have her. She's my better half. Those type of yes. mentalities, those type of focuses. I'm lucky just to have a woman in my life rather than I make things happen. I'm the leader. I'm the one that people gravitate towards. I'm the one that make things happen. There's no one women to love me. Job. Yeah, that's the problem. And there's no one to tell him that. And, and here I am. I, I, I probably sounded pretty negative about that and the whole cucking thing. I will, I will be forthright with everybody here. There are some pretty decent men in my life that would be possibly classified as cucks because of where I'm at, the lifestyles is around. And these are not bad guys. They may be subject to all this, but I hold no ill will. And mm. here's why. It's their choice. They know the difference and they choose. Mm. I got no issues with that. But what I do have is not I, being able to have the choice because there's that's no. That's what I wonder, though. Reason. That's what I wonder is if, if you're conditioned from a young age to be a cuckold, do you have a choice? You know, like we were into fitness too. Like there are you fat know, people who are forced, who are forced to eat food their whole right. lives by their parents. You know, you got a kid who's had 20 years of, of bologna and, and fast food and shit, energy drinks, whatever. And now he's a big fat blob at 20. He didn't have much of a choice, I think, to not be a fat turd. Right. But we still you know, have choice. The objective have, reality is we all have choices, but we may not be aware of them. Mm. And that's where it really takes guys like us raising children to really be that dominant masculine presence to to, to give them those choices to make for themselves as children, they follow my choice and the rest of you can go to hell and, and they're going to follow my choice until they're adults. Yeah. And guess what? After that, if I've made them competent adults, they can choose for themselves. And if they choose to be a cuck, Hey, they had their choice and I'm not, I don't have to like it, but I still love them. It's their thing, but you know what it hasn't happened. So yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh man, it's wild. I think there's another aspect to this too that, you know, I don't think it's any one thing. I think it's a it's a mixture of a lot of things going on at once. A convergence or a convergence, yeah. Yeah, I think clout chasing. There's a ma- massive movement towards clout chasing. And I think some of this kind of stuff started a little bit in the 90s when uh the big baller thing. Everybody wanted to be a big baller. You know, so so spending big money, being at the clubs, popping bottles, having lots of girls around that that always that started to be like a big fixture. And then you had early late. Yeah. Well, 90s and early 2000s, you had a lot of reality TV shows pop off. Right. And those were the that was before social media. And that was what, you know, led to kind of a lot of the stuff in social media, because when social media popped off, everybody got to be a reality TV star, basically. Right. Everybody started getting to record their whole fake life and put it up on 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 a screen. And I think all those shows, all those reality shows, the road rules, the the um what was the other one was the MTV uh uh road rules and uh real world, real world road rules, and they had the challenges and all that stuff. Like I had friends that sent in videos to try to be on those shows. And that's that's, and that and that's purely clout chasing. They just want to be seen on a show to get attention to turn that into a way to make money somehow. And you, know, you just brought up something so goddamn interesting. Cause you lived it. You know what? I just realized that I've I been seen, on two reality shows. It's not the reality show. There's something about this. Cause when I was young and I grew up, fame was something that was very isolated from normal people. Mm. Very isolated. Well, the hoops you had to go through to have fame, but there's something about fame and notoriety that is extremely seductive. And today, it's, it's a form of power. If you can I've seen really guys that get it on the internet and they fuck their lives up 
They spiral because they think because they got a little bit of notoriety, everything they do is right. It's justified. It's this, it's that. It's amazing how when you have people that are, you know, kind of pandering to you, how things start to go in your life. And you can see this all the time with people that achieve some sort of notoriety or fame. And it's kind of interesting. It's, it's very bizarre. And I think there's a part of the history that actually backs this fame thing up. You look at any famous emperor or leader, such as Marcus Aurelius, the best leader that Rome ever had, and they will all say it throughout history. But his son, because of his notoriety, was a piece of shit. It was Commodus. They made a movie about him. You know, mm -hmm. so what was it? Gladiator, right? Gladiator. Okay. And and the guy was a piece of shit, and he died that way. It was it, It's amazing. But today, because of modern technology, they know they can sell you a lot of stuff because the promise of notoriety. Look at TikTok. Look at what's happened with Destiny and his wife. They achieve the notoriety. And if people look at Destiny and his wife and say, look, blue-haired guy did it. You know, he just kind of a well, but I can't believe we live in I can't believe that's the thing. I can't believe we live in a society where they're like, they look at what he did and see that as successful. I see that as a huge failure. This guy failed his whole life. What a what a clown. I don't see anything remarkable or awesome or positive about anything about I don't I don't got I don't get it at all. I don't understand why anybody would ever listen to him. Like I look at the guy, I hear a few things out of his mouth. I'm like, this guy's retarded. I don't want him in my space. I don't need to hear anything he has to say. He's yeah. completely useless to me I, in my I world. Say, I will say one good thing about him though, because of what he's developed in this arena, take all of that away, and he'd be a good hard salesman. That talk, the false, uh, the the use of logical fallacies, the ability to emotionally spike. That's the, I don't think I I I've never heard him say anything that sounded smart though. He says a bunch of empty, hollow, hollow things. Well, what I mean is, I might send him into a tough negotiation to distract from what's really going on. Oh. See, I don't know. I just don't. I don't. I just don't see what other people see. I don't see it at all. I just don't. But but I'm mostly with you because it's a puzzling yeah. dilemma. But I see a, I see a bunch of clowns acting like they're cool guys, and I'm like, where, where's the where's the where's the jock? Where's the guy that throws their freaking food in their face and kicks their tray over? Well, where's that guy at? Because that that's what's needed right now. Because that's who these guys—they're little dweebs that are in the back. Keep them out of my business. Bye. These, I'll tell you one thing: these guys are flashes in the pan. But one thing is they 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 can do is because of the clownishness of it, is they're able to get eyes on it, and they're able to get so many eyes so fast with anybody that has skill in analytics, that there's this copying going on right now. Look at Sneeko. well, not so much, but he's doing something different. But look at uh, Adam Twenty Two. You know, there. And, and here's the thing: that's definitely the, the guy's a lifestyler. Give me a fucking break. He just oh, publicized yeah. the way he's always lived. Come on. I, th I think those guys, yeah, that's a big, that's just a big smoke stream for it is. Yeah. money, which is, which is again, it's not even like I'm blaming those guys or mad at those oh, guys. They're like, we're just they're taking advantage of the situation. I get it. I get I think it. Destiny's you know? a pawn too. I think he's a pawn too, because as he does this, John, he gets put on podcasts that are unbelievable. I mean, he gets put on the top podcasts out yep. there. The only one he hasn't hit, what Joe Rogan. He went on everybody else. Well, you know, See, that's the thing. A lot of these top podcasts, I don't even watch because I think they're for stupid and ridiculous. I don't, I can't believe that anybody watches it. I, I just, I cannot respect I either. you. I'm sorry. Either. Why, they're, why they're are you surfers. taking any of these people seriously? Well, they're it most doesn't make any sense to me. Get most well, of them. I guess I'm just a boomer. I don't get it. You don't get it, old man. Like whatever. No, I'm not a loser. I think so many people are losers today. It's just a big loser club. And they want to pat each other on the back for being losers. And if you're not a loser, they're going to attack you and, and talk smack about you. When really, they're probably secretly jealous and wish they could be you. Having known you, you're kind of a do-it-yourself guy. And I would expect probably most of your pod, most of the stuff you look at is do-it-yourself shit. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's what most of my stuff is. I'm, I'm, not, a, I'm not a watcher. I yeah. do things. Yep. I don't want to sit around and watch shows. I don't want to sit around and watch and listen to people talk. Like I'm, I'm more entertained with the thoughts in my head than I am with what most other people are producing. Yeah, I, I got, I got kids that are way more creative and exciting and and fun to be around than any any podcast or anything on on the screen I'm gonna watch. 
No, there, there's a couple of good things on the screen out there. I mean, they do they do butt up it's against the line. Stuff, there's, a, there's a few things out there. And you know why they're fun? They have a character written in that's just fucking like you, John. Guys like that. When they have a character like that to kind of counterbalance these dweebs, it becomes a good show. Well, that's that's usually the 70s and 80s and 90s shows. And well, no, movies. they actually they, they have a good one that was out a few years ago called The Expanse. It's a science fiction, oh. and they have a guy that they claim is a sociopath, but he's actually not. And and he is an extremely rugged, self-actualized individual, and he counter, counterbalances the other characters because the other lead male is a very emotional, reactionary guy. Mm. And it actually works because the writers, guess what? They're fucking my age, <laughs> but they have to put some, you know, politics in because they have to get the damn thing made. Right. But if that, that, and, and the, the scores you're talking about before the equity, whatever scores, like ah, the Bechtel that, score. that's part of the, that's part of the movie industry. Also, it's not just other, it's not just, uh, corporations, right. Get these scores, right. Like the, 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 um, Production companies, same sure. ones. That's that's why they will take a hundred million dollar hit. It'll take a hundred million dollar loss to get that equality whatever score up. Well, see, that was a huge impact to um, Hollywood. I'm going to try to summarize this without making anything up. It, it, in general, guys, this works. The detail might be a little here or there, but it works because I was at the ground at ground zero here in the corporations. Some 13 years ago, DEI was really tested and the guidelines were set in place And just after 2012 here in California. And it affected corporations in such a way there was massive training. There was massive training on unconscious bias, which is bullshit. And the fact that, and the whole point was to say we were all basically, they say it without saying it, but we're all basically racist and gender. Yeah. So what we have to and, do. And it's such a, we have to do a clever way. Isn't that such a clever way to... Um, eliminate opposition. Yes, it was very. It's like, yeah, it's like, oh, you don't agree with me. Well, that's because you're secretly racist. You're, well, they didn't you're even unwittingly say racist. You they, can't they help said, it. They said it was unconscious bias backed yeah, up it, by psychology. Unconsciously, if you're unconscious, how in the hell are you conscious? How do you even know it? You see, you see how it's a non-provable. It's non exactly, and that's why they use it because they can they can discredit oh, anybody oh, who disagrees with them at oh, any they point. Did even better. They slowly instituted psychological exams that are discriminatory in nature uh, for supervision and management. And then they, they, they called it through diversity, equity, and, uh, and uh, diversity, inclusion. inclusion, and equity, right? Die. And uh, I think that was chosen on purpose, that acronym. And um, what they ended up doing is any job in the corporation that you wanted, you had to go through this complex third party guideline that was instituted by the state to fit the demographic of the area you were hiring in. And so it went through this formula and said, Hey, here's what you got to do in order to match the guidelines. You got to have so many of this kind of people, so many of this gender, so many of this gender to match the demographics. And we strongly suggest that you do this for at least the first eight candidates you interview. Now, if you did it by the first eight candidates, we can't fault you if you didn't find a good candidate, Right. But here's what they did. Knowing that human beings are burnout after about five people to interview, they just want somebody to do the job. It stacks the fucking deck. You see what I mean? So now imagine that you're Disney. Imagine that your corporate headquarters is here in California. Imagine you're in Hollywood and Burbank where all the writers are. What do you suppose the demographic looks like there for the first eight candidates for any writing job, any production job? Hmm. They look like something that might be rainbow. I understand. That's the local demographic. And that's who has to be hired regardless of qualification. Now, they might be qualified, but it slowly chips away and changes things. And they say it's not a quota because, you know, we're not forcing you. You could interview more. So it was a really smart move. I have to respect the hustle. It really accomplished it, but it's quite evil, actually. Merit should be the only option. Yeah. When we're looking for a job, the I, only option. There are people out there who attack merit. They don't think merit-based systems are real. Like you shouldn't go by a merit-based system. I, 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 I can't even wrap my mind around that argument. Well, it's not objective reality, actually. I don't, I don't think it is. But no, they're, I mean, they're talking smart, educated people who I respect will believe that. Oh, well, you can't rely on market. Or, those, or, uh, those are those are highly induced slave mind people. Yes. 
Yes, you've been you've been taken, you've been had, you've been convinced of something that's garbage. Like it's an amazing because, because it was something it was so man, what was the argument? I wish I had a better remembrance of the, the argument, but it was something like it's like, oh well, you know, if you have uh, one opening for the job and um you interview and you take the guy who has the best performance, like you're that that means that everybody that didn't get the job isn't good. And I was like, What are you talking about? Like there's other companies, there's other places to get jobs. Like if you're still good, if you're number two and you didn't get that job, well, there's other places to get a job. Or if you're really that good, you can start your own business. Do you see the Marxism inherent in it? Yes. Like you could, it, it's yeah. just like in, you can't get it out of their head. It's, it's wild, man. Yeah. And of course, I'm you sure have to spend major, major, major mental gymnastics to make that work for you. And of course, a message of truth like this, that's not, being rude in any fashion, we're posing, basically we're posing the thought ideas and concepts in general for people to look in themselves. This would be considered very dangerous. Now, why would somebody oppose that? Why would you suppress it in a logarithm? Are we not open to free speech here? Yeah. Are we not open in the contest of ideas to vet these things? Is it not our responsibility? Not, and each our, that's what I was going to say. It's our responsibility to talk about everything and examine everything with uh, the utmost amount of scrutiny. Always. It's our duty, our responsibility, like to censor and say, oh, no, you guys can't say those things. Like, no, it's our duty to say these things. It is our responsibility to ask these questions. Yeah. And, and once again, I will say this is an outgrowth of what we did in California. We were so smart here and we didn't like the Constitution. So we would pass laws that were essentially unconstitutional. I had some old guys I worked with and, and, and there was even a woman and they were very constitutional. They said, you know, the corporation would never even dare of even looking at a policy that could be construed as unconstitutional. And nobody would even consider it. They didn't even consider it. And then all of a sudden we did it. And we did it because smart people that went through that academic system, they weren't smart people, they were slave mind indoctrinated, mm -hmm. and they were Marxist in nature, realized that to get to a Supreme Court uh, um, um, ruling takes between six to 12 years. Mm -hmm. And during that time, the state had an ethical choice. The ethical choice is they would assume the Constitution is upheld throughout and wait for the, the law to be overturned, or... They could push the law forward until the law was overturned and enforce it. Now, that's an ethical dilemma that states did not do until the late 1980s. Now, they would pass, say, an unconstitutional Second Amendment or First Amendment law, and they would uphold it under force and prison terms and then wait for it to get through the court. Do you think they would let those people go and back pay them when, the, when it's overturned? No, because... As long as it hasn't been the final court judgment, you could pass appeals and they can take anywhere from one to three years. So they essentially figured out how to maneuver around the Constitution. Now, what did this do to corporations, John? This allowed corporations to think very carefully about what they could do and how much money it would cost to drag somebody through the system. And if they could make their profit and hit their agenda and garner political support, they sure as hell would with the ruling class because they want to stay in business. That's the bottom line. Mm. So yep. now they go lockstep in with the whole, the whole shebang because when they'll tell on you, you know, they'll do it all because they are a part of that system. They used to be, have a, have a moral line as Americans, they wouldn't cross. And that was very, very strong. That's why we could never be conquered. That is gone. There is no loyalty now because yeah, just do it and let them sort it out at the end. For now we pass the law. It's legal. So therefore it's right. That's what we're saying. That's yeah. not true. Our entire ethos before that was it was right, whether there was a law or not, or it was wrong. We did have that. And the basis for it was our bill of rights. And yeah, mm -hmm. there was problems with it. Of course there was, but we tried to rectify it at 170 years ago and we should have, you know, mm. but here we yeah. are. And that's where we yeah. are in California. Well, I think it sounds, I really, think it sounds really dark and I don't want to be dark, but you, you wanna, do so much when you just understand. You want to go way back to a source where a lot of these problems could start. <laughs> mm -hmm. Actually the constitution mm -hmm. when um, Hamilton convinced George Washington to use the term. Um, oh, what was the word for it? Um, public, the public good, something around those terms, some language 
was something about that public good. It was a very vague term that you could put anything into it. And it was going to give the government the right to take money and do whatever it wanted to for the public good. Right. Right. That, that, so that was an open window. Washington went to all the, all the top guys at the time who were in on the constitution and everything and was asking them about whether or not they should add this. Everyone said no. Everyone said no. But because Washington was so sweet on Hamilton, Hamilton talked him into it. Yep. And we have been screwed since then because of that language. It has given the government a, a carte blanche stamp to do whatever they want. And all they have to do is say, oh, it's for, it's for public works. It's mm -hmm. for the public good. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. And then Hamilton, didn't Hamilton initiate the central bank and then Jackson had to kill yep. it? Yep. Pissed Aaron Burr off too, didn't he? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Hamilton, man, he's a, he was a horrible person. Uh, what happened to him? Oh, yeah. His buddy killed him. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Should have done it sooner. Uh, those but, guys yeah, were, like, those, but even then, those I mean, those guys would duel with fucking swords and guns. I wish they would do it now. I wish those politicians now would. That was a cool thing I learned about in in, uh, in school. We had a really good, I had a really good history teacher, and he was talking about uh, you know where we studied the the Constitution and the whole process they went through in depth to write it. And it's funny that they they had to bolt down the tables. They started bolting all the tables down in Congress because they had a few times where the guys started throwing <laughs> tables yeah. and chairs at each other. Sure. So everything had to get so all the bears and all the benches, chairs everything had to get bolted down so nobody could could uh throw them around anymore <laughs> there was a culture last century that was so rugged and uh ready to go and they were smart but their their young men throughout high school through their military they would they would uh, have dueling swords and those guys would sport scars and missing eyes and shit that, that was the thing <laughs> we were talking about and they were fucking that was the thing back in the day right some of the original wrestlers, right? There was this thing. I can't remember what the name of it was. That was, that was, was the goal, was, to score their style of, score their of wrestling. Yeah. The guys would travel from town to town, and they would challenge the best wrestler, right? And the guys, they would grow out their their thumbnail, right? Mm -hmm. They'd have one big thumbnail. And the point of the wrestling match was to pin the other guy to gouge his eyeball out, to pop mm -hmm. his eye out. Mm -hmm. That was how you won. <laughs> so <laughs> you would have guys coming to the town with one eye looking to wrestle the best guy around. Ah, she had the shit. That's not good, man. That's raw, man. That's yeah, raw. that's raw. You can only lose twice. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but the whole deal with the sword dueling was not, not to kill them, although they could happen. But the goal to actually, it was kind of dishonorable to, to do that. And this was in Europe, and it was to scar their face. But mm. then if you had a scar like that, it was actually Diego Montoya. Horrible. You killed my father. Prepare to die. Remember, was, remember was that movie, Princess well. Bride? He did that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Cut the, cut the cheeks. Yeah. 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 And then actually, if you did that, you, you were actually viewed later in life as very honorable for being able to actually duel mm -hmm. part of that culture. Crazy, huh? <sighs> so, yeah. Man, a lot, a, lot, a lot has led to this. A lot of weakness has led to this. I think that's a good. Yeah, but I um, think we both have broke. People just, right? people just don't, <laughs> don't fight the way they used to. People just don't. I don't know. And so, okay. So one of my other, my, one of my other theories of one of the things that happened, right? We talked about um, the reality TV shows. Cause that was a big thing before social media popped off. Everybody wanted to be a, so wanted to be a, um, um, a reality TV star. Yeah. So you had all kinds of crazy shows out there. My 600 pound life. Right. My uh, my weird habit where you eat toenails or some crap or whatever, like that was a big thing. But I think another thing that happened was Sex in the City. The show Sex in the City, because if you go back and watch old movies, old TV shows, stuff from before that time period. Yeah. The things that people did in their day to day life were much different than what they're doing now or what they see as the most beneficial best thing to do with your time right back then like there was a wide variety of activities and things that people did now everything's centered around oh we got to go to brunch oh we got to go to the nightclub oh we got to go to you know this this swaggy event we gotta we gotta be in a big city life had to be about big city life and living in a big city everything popular all the tv shows all the movies when's the last time you saw a movie that was about um, positive country living. Mm -hmm. 
right? That didn't make fun of them as like hicks or backwards or flyover country people. Mm-hmm. You know, so now it's like everybody's chasing paper. Chasing class warfare. You know, like I think that people have always chased wealth, but I think paper, chasing just paper is, I think, different. It's 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 less, man, it's less steady than wealth. Like wealth is like you bought land. You bought, you know, appreciating assets. You bought, you bought uh, cows and goats and chickens and stuff that you could live off of and your family yeah, could live off of. False notoriety and fame mm. visible to everybody mm-hmm. with these big tech social outlets. And it started with the reality TV, but now it's moved into this mode where someone like a Destiny or a few select few actually make a lot of money yep. because of the logarithm feeding them advertisement revenue. Mm-hmm. And that inspires an entire group to really Copy. worship this nebulous, not real they, thing. They look at it and they're like, look at this guy did it. And look how much he's doing. Look how much money he's making. I could do that. Look at him. He's a cuck. I can do this. And you know what? There are guys in our space that fall for it too. Yeah. Big time. And um, it's really nebulous. And honestly, that notoriety and fame is, to me, I don't know. John, am I talking out of place? But to me, that'd be a shitty fucking thing. I mean, how do you deal with your fame? Has it been a pain in the ass sometimes? I It's not that. I'm not that famous. It's has not it, that okay. Has it faded? You know, I get a little bit of, no, it's always been kind of the same. Like I've never okay. been, I never got pushed. The, the promoters never pushed me. They, they had to deal with me because I always won. Right. Yeah. I've never been, I've never been, you know, promoters have never been happy with me because I've, I'm, I'm not there to suck their dick. I'm not there to bend yeah, over yeah. for them. Good. Like we're, we're partners. Yeah. That's how I looked at it. We're working together to make money. Good. Right. I don't work for you. I'm not your boy. They don't right? really do it like that. And they don't like that. Yeah, they they want boy, you to be right? their boy. They want you to boy. be subservient to them. They want you to talk to them like daddy. Right? Yep. That's why Dana is superpower. Trained businessman, trained businessman, right. of course. Yeah. Like, I don't yeah. care. I was like, I don't care about any of that stuff. I'm not here to be buddy. I'm not here to be your friend. I'm not here to be your enemy. We're here to make money. That's it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And- I've, I've never had any issues like that with notoriety or fame. Although I have had a couple issues where, because I dress unique and look unique. And just a few years ago, I was, I was pretty big muscularly with no body fat. People would think I have something like that in a public environment. You must be. It's like, no, man, I'm just nobody. I just take care of my shit and I live my life and I'm living the dream, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's funny when you actually do that and you kind of are a dominant masculine personality and you're living your dream, people assume that you have notoriety and fame when you're just living, you're just alive, man. You're alive. You're living every day. And it's, mm-hmm. it's an interesting thing. And that makes me think that when you get wrapped up to where we're at now, and you're chasing this nebulous fame and notoriety, and you may have even achieved it. Is it really living? Are you really living, or are you a slave to it? I would suspect Destiny's a slave to it. I, and I will say that to yeah, you. You made a good point. So, how you got that notoriety and fame, I think, is what's important. Okay, I got I got mine because I always won. I kept winning, right? I was consistent with my wins. I said the same things, did the same things, right? So my 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 notoriety came from performance i executed well and that's where it came from i think when your notoriety comes from like false inflation when when the algorithm is just pushing you because that's the narrative they want to push now you become entrapped by the message that that pushed you out there right you didn't you didn't earn it through hard work you didn't earn it through your personality and your skill set you kind of game the system and um, or the system gamed you or the system used you. And now you're kind of stuck in this realm. You have to be that guy. Like, how are you not the, how does Cuck Smurf, not the blue haired video game playing Cuck? He'll be remembered. He's always that guy. He has to, he has to be that guy. So he either has to give up his fame completely and try to disappear, or he has to lean into it and act like he's fine with it. And he probably should. That's probably the best way to survive it actually. Tactically speaking, I would think even. I, I, I think he's better off cutting the hair <laughs> and getting rid of the girl and starting over. You know, with, ultimately, with an actual frame. I, I, I saw the interview where she talked about how they met and made the decision. Like he was in her frame the whole time. Like, I, I, you're right. But I'll, but right now he'll ride that wave, 
And on a time scale that's long enough, you are 100% right, sir. The hair will go and so will she. Watch and see. <laughs> it, it, you know what? Nature always takes a course, does it not? It's called entropy. Well, it's the thing is, as long as she has a beta provider, she may not leave because she's, she's going to get dicked down by other people all the time anyways. So she gets the best of both words. So as long as she'll only leave him when the money stops, when the drugs and the money stop, then she's gone. We'll see. She's not a citizen yet. Uh, Just saying, man. I I that. She's not a citizen. Where's she from? She's from Sweden. Ah, okay. Just saying there's always more to the story. And yeah, you know, I'm sure she's a sweetie, man. <laughs> drugs, money, and a green card. That's, that's a lot. That's providing a lot. But she gives him an endless lapaya pussy, except when he has to suck a big veiny dick occasionally. That's just yeah. So like, what's the point? <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, you know, you gotta wade through a little mud, right? You gotta oh, wade through the man. mud to get the cheese. I guess. Just, oh, <laughs> you know what the hell? If you you know, a lot of and, and it, just, it makes me mad. It makes me mad that we even have to have. We're not even here sitting here talking about it. It's let me let me just thing. I feel like. If somebody would have told me when I was in junior high that, hey, someday you're going to be talking on a show with some guy about cuckolds, I was like, shut up. God. There's no way the world's going to go that south. It, it does seem a little bit horrible. It does seem to happen. It's a little, it's a little foul tasting to me. You know, in order to get some snot pocket, you're going to have to suck some snot rocket. I just, it, yeah, I don't like it. <laughs> That's wild. That's wild. We'll see. <laughs> no, to each his own, you know? I mean, I, yeah. And, and you know what? And that's, and that's the truth. Like, I, I really don't care. I don't care what these guys do. I don't care what anybody does in their own bedroom, their own home. I don't care. Fine. I'm, I'm more like, what has happened to society where society's like, I want to watch this and tell me more. And this is exciting. I want to give money to these people so I can watch more of it. That's like, that's what I'm talking about. Like, I don't care about the Kardashians either. I don't, they can do what the hell they want to do. I don't think about them. I don't care about them. But the people who worship them, the people who follow them, people who want to be them, that to me is like what's weird is like, why are you followers following this grossness? It's gross. They're gross people. Yeah. It is entertaining, though, to watch train wrecks. That's true. You know, a little but, bit. Well, I mean, yeah, but like we can, we can say it's a train wreck. We can see it. It's a train wreck. But there will be people who argue with us. Oh, you're just jealous of their fame or money and blah, 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 blah. I was like, I don't want any of what they have if that's the life I have to live. And those are the people I have to be around. Like, there's no trade. That's not a trade off that I would accept. I like my life. <laughs> even with yeah, my, even with the hardships and the stuff I struggle through, I like my life way more than what their money does for them. Ugh. Yeah, but envy and jealousy just doesn't even. Here's the thing. I'm not a jealous person. I'm not an envious person in any way. Uh, to be honest with you, if my wife of 30 years, I found a dude and ran off, I'm not jealous about it. She made a choice. If she did it, I would highly disregard it. And I'd be very, uh, very surprised and probably sad. But as far as becoming enraged and jealous, fuck, you know, I, for me to not expect that she couldn't make her own choices, that's stupid. You know, uh, and, and to not think that <sighs> Thor wouldn't have an endless supply <laughs> ready to go in the magazine mm -hmm. is stupid. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, not jealous, <laughs> not one of those things. Hmm. So, so, yeah, it, it's uh, it's wild. I think we touched on a lot of issues, a lot of problems. I think there's a lot of government control. I think there's a lot of useful idiots. I think there's a lot of people who are just broken and want to believe things that aren't real. I think there's a lot of issues that are pushing us in this direction. Yeah. And I think it, it probably, it may be pushed also just because people are talking more about that than, than Joe Biden's corruption. Sure. And, right? it, 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 the, and we're probably coming off a little bit dark, but there actually is a solution and it would be a difficult solution. And it's a good solution, John. I think you'll appreciate this. I call this the one solution. And this is the, this is the solution I think could work, and I, I know it would work. Not only would it work if we had the stomach to do it. And believe it or not, there's going to be women that actually agree with this wholeheartedly. 
And this is the solution because we've already gone too far. But this is the first thing we do is we DNA test all children for the father. And then if the mother and father aren't living together, automatic primary custody goes to the genetic father straight out the gate. Unless he's incarcerated or in a mental institution. Hmm. Have at it, ladies. The man has now taken his responsibility. And if you're a woman, it's biblical. Because what did, uh, what did King Solomon do when the two women were fighting over the baby? He said, cut the baby in half. Give one to one woman and give the other half to the other woman. And the mother said, no, don't kill a baby. Give it to her. I love the baby too much. Women, love your babies. Love your children. Give primary custody to the father. Because it's proven right now that outside of a two-parent father and mother relationship, mm-hmm. fathers closely raise children to the same standard. Single mothers don't even come close. No. Every hate fact. That's a hate fact. Your misogynists are saying it. So use the one solution. I think you would like that solution because actually, no. I mean, it, it, it. I mean, it makes total sense because, yeah, like the majority of foul, rotten people come from people who are raised by single mothers. Sorry if that hurts people's feelings, but statistically speaking, that's true. So let's make a law. I think that's a good law. If you yeah. get somebody pregnant, you're you're responsible for raising the kid. And we're adults. We know that. we know there's exceptions. Of course, we're talking in generalities. Mm-hmm. But, of course. Yeah, because somebody's always going to be like, oh, yeah, so the murderous rapist should get custody. Uh, with their stupid argument. No, like, well, obviously. I was going to have to be a fit father. Yeah. Right? But and, and, and I will say this. Some of the guys can't complain about it. the guy taking off anymore. Yep, now the guys, if you guys get the girl pregnant, it's their responsibility. They're going to have to take the baby. Now, here's the beautiful thing about having it done like that. You'll create more dominant masculine men. And when there's enough dominant masculine men around, even children that are orphans get benefit. And I'll point to my father, who basically was raised from seven on in step in, in foster families in 17 different schools. At seven years old, he had two younger brothers. Okay? I mean, come on. Three and five, he was seven. Mom ate a bullet in front of him. He had every reason to be a crazy, badass, weird kid. Now, he did something bad when he was a teenager. It wasn't good, but it gave him, he, he was so regretful of it that it changed him inside. He found some puppies and he strangled them. Mm. And then he had nightmares about it for a long time and something mm. snapped in him about 17 years old. He was angry, okay? And I remember hearing this story, it was so touching. But he was by himself the whole time. But something changed in him, and uh, he decided he made a decision to change it all for him and his brothers. And he did. Mm-hmm. He went into the military, took care of his brothers, boom, came out, earned a PE in engineering. That's the type of Crazy. story that the left will say is racist <laughs> because <laughs> it's a bootstrap story. You're not allowed to tell bootstrap stories. But here's the thing. He had lots of examples of dominant masculine men to point to sure. from step parents mm-hmm. to friends to older mentors. You see? Well, people had uh, physically harder lives back then, I believe. Yeah. It was a lot harder to go through your day physically. And I think when you're forced to use your body a lot in that physical realm, I think reality becomes more, way more real. Rather than if you're behind screens and pressing buttons all day. You know, that's so true. Because if you know anybody that's been fully disabled, they struggle to use their body and they get that way. Even though they can't move, say anything like Dr. Sean Stevens, he's all fucked up, right? He gets to, he gets it here though. You know, I do know some people just like that. It's crazy because you're right. Because for them, every movement is that physical struggle Mm. and it does something to them, you know? Well, there's some that wall. Well, I mean, I, I would think that that a major disability like that would be very like reality inducing. It is. Oh, yeah. it's horrible. Yeah, but it is reality. You can't, you can't pretend that no. way. No, you can't. It's amazing yeah. how many people actually pretend away their lives, John. Yeah. And uh, so we'll pretend ring away that, their private we'll, parts. <laughs> we'll ring that bell. How about that? Try to wake them up. Yeah. Well. My focus is my kids 
and the people closest around me. I'm not trying to save the world. I'm trying to save my world. Right. And that's really what everybody needs to do. And I'm, I do these shows. I, I, I coach, I teach, I do consultations. I, I, uh, I do those things because I want to help other people save their own worlds. I want to, I want to teach guys. Cause that's what the biggest thing is. I think we've lost, um, center point of origin. Yep. I think that's the biggest thing. Men have had the center point of origin beaten and stripped and shamed out of them over the past 40 years. Yep. You're not, you're not allowed to do things that are best for you and your family. You got, you're supposed to do what's right. You're supposed to sacrifice for the greater good. Well, I, I'm saying that I think you focusing on yourself and doing what's best for you and your people around you is doing better for the greater good. Because if you're self-sustaining, if you can take care of yourself, then no one else has to chip in to take care of you, which makes it easier on everybody else. The world becomes a stronger place because you're able to handle your own crap and take care of your own family and take care of your own circle. You don't oh. need to call daddy government to come bail you out and cut you're your blowing, balls for you're you. You're blowing me away. That's exactly how I feel. I do this for me. And, you know, I just wrote a book. I'm going to send you one. There's four chapters that it talks and uses real life examples about mental point of origin for men as the actual fix for all of this, because that is what it's the rising tide lifts all ships. That's the model mm -hmm. of the dragon ship is be that rising tide. And you can only do it by taking care of yourself. Why do yeah. I come on these shows and why do I do this? Really? I do this for my own entertainment. I don't do this for a living. The one thing I will say though, is I did write this book, this one right here, because I wanted to cast a legacy into the future to tell some young man or some women that a dominant masculine presence imbued inside of a man is exactly what is needed in order to survive and take this species into the future in a free way. Anything less is slavery and death. Yeah. That's it. Absolutely. <laughs> you get it. Absolutely. I'm on board with that. I'm looking forward to getting that book uh, here in the next couple weeks too. It'll be good. Available on Amazon.com. I'm gonna I'm gonna mail that to, mail a copy to you, buddy. Send me awesome. send me your stuff, and I'll, I'll send one to you. I think you really enjoy it because it's gonna connect with you on a couple levels. Mm, nice. And you know what it did? It actually made. I didn't plan this. <laughs> this is funny. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. So it actually is number one right now. A new release for mate seeking. <laughs> I didn't plan it at all, but for some reason it hits all of those things. And so it's number one. It, it's actually, it actually started out ranked number 15th and it slipped to number 39 right now, but it is still number one new in mate seeking. And it's, it's not a dating book at all. And it's like in the four hundreds and climbing. So there you go. Crazy. <laughs> Nice, nice. All right. <clears throat> well, we're rolling in on uh, an hour here. Okay. And, uh, I think we covered. I think we covered a lot. I think we got to the bottom. There's good a lot. Cast. Of, yeah, it was really good. Really, uh, really thought provoking. You know, because you know, I'm 45. You're a little bit older. We we've lived long enough. We've seen enough of uh, the world to see the changes that have happened. And to see the behaviors of things that have changed. And it's it's gross. It's gross. There is some grossness to it. You know, like even even the, like the church is like is not the church anymore. The church is not what it used to be. It's feminism. The church is feminism now. It's run by women. <laughs> like they've, they've thrown out. They've thrown out the Bible. They've rewritten it into this California Christianity. You must have seen some churches I didn't because it's been pretty feminine since the 70s to me. Oh, okay. As soon as they change from find a good wife to have a great life to happy wife, happy life, it was all over. Mm, yep. Well, you, uh, you've lived in California a lot longer. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> Maybe that I, there's, good, there's good points about California. Unfortunately, yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, we'll see. I'm, I, I'm getting to the point where the bad in California is so heavy and thick that it's completely outweighing the, the benefits. All my friends are gone. Mm. My friends are smart. They left. They did. I want to get out too, man, but I'm stuck. 
for a little while. Yeah, maybe I screwed up. I put way too much in here. All my family's still here now. My 12 grandkids, Mm. you know, I'm dependent now on, you know, having advanced medical facilities close. Yeah. So there's no more country living, even though I am rather rural. Yeah. Um, So wherever I go, I would have to be really close to a metropolitan area. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But that's okay, man. Yeah, man, it's, I'm because I'm going to be stuck here. I'm stuck in California for a while. Well, we're going to go down with that sword in our hand. We'll see each other in about a lot. <laughs> I'm just, I just, uh, man, the, this, the decisions and the stuff that they're doing, it's just constantly getting worse. And the people who are actually making money are the ones going to leave and are still leaving and moving. Like, I don't know. It's wild. There, you know, we're, we're living, we're living through RoboCop. You remember the movie RoboCop? Yep. Right. When the, uh, the corporations were banding together and shut, trying to shut down the police force so they could privatize security and have oh, it instead. Yeah, That's exactly what's happening. You wonder why crime is going so crazy. You're wondering why they're not prosecuting people who are shoplifting. You wonder why uh, we have a mass problem well, that, here in purpose. the Bay Area of people coming in from Oakland and attacking Asian elders. It's There's Asian elders who are attacked every day. It comes up in my timeline every single day out here. Uh, they die all the time. And then uh, the the leftists then raise uh, money. They start GoFundMe's for the killers. It's on purpose because, you know, in reality, just three years ago, and even to this day, violent crime's still down. They don't want that. Corporations don't want that. It needs to go up. Well, are you aware one, one of the problems here? Are, are you aware they're, they're not private prisons? You know, we have private prisons. They're not, they're not. Yeah. They're, they're not reporting the crimes. So like, there's a lot of people. That's the big thing. Like they had a big dance in San Francisco. So see, it's safe out here. It's so nice and safe uh-huh. out here. It was a bunch of rich white people dancing in the park. There wasn't a bunch of Asian elders. Like the people that they were out in the park, they're not the people getting targeted. Right. Right. And they probably a bunch of them got their cars broken into anyways. But like they're trying to be like, see, there's no crime here. It's some fun party. Yeah. You know, and like they, they won't even admit to the crime and the stuff that's going on. They'll just turn a blind eye to old Asian people getting murdered on the street. Yeah, we're not too far away from a private police force being instituted by the left, actually. That's why I'm I'm uh, I'm selling the robot dog shirts. <laughs> yeah, they'll have right. robot dogs. This stuff. Yeah, because that's what's happening. The robot dog's right here. Oh, there he is. They're already talking See, about... Right there. It's a robot dog with a 50 cow strapped to its well, back. Well, they already have funding for drones for cops. Yeah. It's coming, man. I mean, people want to laugh at it, but I'm telling you. Dude, there are first-person drones that can fly so fast. They, they're this big. They could fly right in on you and crash into you and immobilize your ass. Mm-hmm. I'll <laughs> strap a little plastic, little C4 on those bad boys. Yep. It's going to be wild. They Well, they, they can carry that shotgun taser, and they can crash right into you and immobilize you. You seen that yet? They're, they're two inches around. They're a the little quadcopter with a little thing, and they fly like 50 miles an hour. And on the bottom, they got that little shotgun thing with the two probes on it. It can just boom right into your ass. Oh, wow. <laughs> and you're going down at least till they catch you. Oh, man. You imagine they'll have them mounted on the cops here, and then when they see you, they just press a button. The shit goes flying after you. Well, it'll, be, it'll be a robot. Because they're already... There are The police force are already whittling the police force down up in San Francisco. They're like trying to minimize the numbers. Yeah. And It'll then, be more they, like this. Thor, we understand that you were on social media last night. Mm-hmm. You need to come with us. Yeah. We want to talk to you today about some of the posts you made last week. <laughs> exactly. Like, and they're, they're, like, they're doing that in other countries already. Uh-huh. They're knocking on people's doors about posts. They, they've uh, arrested I, people it's worse than for that. making insensitive posts. I have a dear friend that's Chinese. And uh, her one of her sons, you know, they, they, they sneak around and get VPNs because they can't get YouTubes. They can't get videos. Yeah. And the police will literally come to their house and ask why you went on certain websites. And there are social penalties in which there's financial aspects to this where they freeze bank mm-hmm. account, all that shit. Oh, yeah, I write about it in this book. I think you're going to want to see. <laughs> So, yeah, that, it's real, though. It's real in other countries. Hard. Scary times, guys. Be ready. Be ready. All right? Make sure you guys are exercising, right? 
Make sure you got that cardio. Cardio, that's a big one. You got to have cardio because when the robot dogs come, they don't get tired. So you can't either, <laughs> right? Oh, you got to be strong. You got to be healthy joints, all that stuff. So you got to lift weights. You got to do resistance training. Yeah. And you got to know how to fight because every once in a while, you're going to come across a useful idiot who's going to try to uh, make you bow down to the robot dogs. And you got to be able to fight them. So make I, sure I you guys at home are checking out the programs I have in the description below, the Learn to Fight, or the uh, um, Practical self-defense the intro to practical self-defense class or a course i have the uh gum road courses i got fitness diet stuff even a net care guide i get taken care of uh thor um has his book out what's the name of your book again a dominant masculine presence dominant masculine presence it is learning how to cultivate your authentic self as a man and display supreme confidence and control over how you are perceived Awesome. So uh, that was a great show. Thanks for coming on. I hope you guys enjoyed. I'll uh, have another pre-recorded show next week, and then I should be back back home. Thanks for watching, everybody, and I'll uh, I'll check you guys later. Let's go.